0: Hey, thank you for joining us on this summer season of the Perpetual Wealth Strategy podcast. I'm Patrick Donohoe, and today we are going to be discussing Tier 2 as part of the Hierarchy of Wealth series. My guest is the most seasoned wealth strategist at Paradigm Life, John Stewart, and we love talking about this stuff. John introduced me to several different personal development groups, which we consider one of the best investments in Tier 2, personal development, Uh, being investing in yourself, investing in ways in which you can improve your value to the world and subsequently make more money, but also in tier two are investments that have collateral that you understand are familiar with, subsequently control, but also produces residual or passive income. And John and I can both attest firsthand to how this has benefited clients to generate multiple streams of income as well as ourselves and has helped to grow their wealth, ultimately an income for life that they don't have to work for, and finally a lasting legacy for their family. The resources that we discuss will make a lasting impact on your life and really help you understand some of the best ways to allocate your hard-earned money to make more money. Welcome to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy Podcast. Hey everyone, I'm joined with my good friend, and it's the most snazzy dresser at Paradigm, John Stewart. John's uh, been here for a really long time, <laughs> and it has been an honor to get to know him, uh, his family. We've we've had the opportunity to to travel together a few times, and you know there's there's no one more honorable than this guy. And so I'm excited to have him on to talk about the uh, the hierarchy of wealth, uh, specifically about tier tier two. Uh, but John, why don't you take a second and talk about your background uh, as as well as your experience here at Paradigm.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks for the kind words, Patrick. I appreciate it. And uh, I, I thought it was kind of interesting you asked me to join you to talk about Tier 2, which is really how you and I met. Is um, uh, Tier 2 was a, a, a big part of my life, and I was trying to figure out how to get more of it. And uh, someone introduced... Uh, brought up your name and said, you, you need to talk to Patrick Donohue. So that was prior Paradigm Life, uh, but that's, that's really how we met. And uh, prior to that, I owned several companies. Uh, I had uh, about 170 some odd employees. We did work uh, nationwide in, in 39 states and uh, started acquiring a lot of real estate and a lot of these tier two assets as a way to um, stay home more, be home with my family more. And kind of kind of ran into issues, you know, with real estate. Got what they call fannied and friendied out. Got as many as the bank would give us. And uh, you know, I as we went through two thousand eight, two thousand nine, I really saw a huge. It's probably one of my biggest life lessons uh, behind money, realizing the importance of the tier one, and realizing how heavy I was in tier two, tier three. Just had had a lot of. A lot of real estate, a lot of these other assets and not near enough uh, foundation tier one. And that was uh, a very painful experience, but I'm glad that happened to me in my thirties and not my fifties or sixties, but it, uh, it definitely woke me up. I had a policy at that time and woke me up to the value of a life insurance policy and those, those tier one assets. And, uh, as I've rebuilt from that, it's been completely, uh, structured the way we teach her a paradigm life. So,
0: well, the interesting thing is, you know, hindsight is the best, is the best teacher, Uh, but it doesn't always have to be your hindsight. It could be others hindsight. Uh, But I learned some, some of the same lessons you did uh, based on my own experience, not from the experience of others. And it teaches you, it does teach you the value of liquidity. And oftentimes it's difficult and, and challenging for those that haven't necessarily gone through difficult times, because you look at what was you know described in the book as the hierarchy of wealth, which is you know a way to categorize your assets, and it's not like an, uh, an objective categorization of assets like some of your you know asset allocation models that are that are out there uh, and your port, you know portfolio uh, creators. You know, this is something that's a function of, of risk and control. And I think there's always, there's always going to be risk, but it comes down to how do you mitigate it? And we found that the more control you have, the more you're able to mitigate it. And the more education you have, the more you're able to control it. Uh, at the same time, having foundational assets, liquidity uh, helps when there are you know, these different events that occur in life that throw off what your assumptions were. And so you know, the clients that you know, we talk about in the book but also clients that we work with, uh, oftentimes it's challenging to talk about something that maybe a foundational tier has a good return, way better than cash, right? Has some other features to it, uh, but yet there are assets out there that will uh, perform better or have in their pro forma right a a rate of return that's that's superior. So how do you usually go about uh, describing or differentiating? The tier one assets, as we describe as you know, high cash value life insurance, and and a tier two asset, which is you know an asset that has a collateral behind it, it has cash flow, has a higher return.
1: Well, I think you know we're we're, we're all. I think most of our clients remember or experience very similar stories uh, in eight, nine, and some of our clients, you know, the two thousands. Um and, and a little more fresh on our minds is COVID. And, and to me, the tier one assets is really it, it, it's what's called staying power to me, right? Uh not only myself, but a lot of friends, uh uh, family, you know, had amazing portfolios of, of real estate and business and all these other tier two, tier three assets, right? Uh the problem was is when capital dried up, when cash flow quit coming in. Um I had, um, you know, I had 43 rental properties. I, I still remember exactly, uh, November of 2009. And in, in one month I went 70%, uh, um, didn't pay, did you know, had vacancies left my properties and, and, and that was, you know, I thought I had a pretty decent nest egg and, but the, the tier one is really the staying power so I can maintain and, and hold on to my tier two assets during these times of, of uh, you know, j- just like with you know, the COVID that tenants don't need to pay their their rent, right? So that gives, uh, you know, I had a friend of mine had a, a bunch of rental properties and they went to collect rent, had never had a late payment from several of their clients. And they're like, yeah, we're not paying this month. She's like, well, what do you mean you're not paying this month? You're living in my property. And the lady went, well, right now we don't have to pay it. And I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm not going to. And so even just the crazy things we're going through right now, um, to me, the tier two is, is where I love to play in. But every time I've been burned, it's because I haven't had the staying power in tier one.
0: Now, tier two, it's one of those assets that doesn't have the risk of you know, tier three or, or tier four. It's an asset that you control because case in point with your example just shared, you have someone that owns the property, Okay. Has someone, uh, in the property, they control the mortgage, right? They control the the management, but yet there are these things that happen out of left field, like, okay, we're not going to allow evictions. Yeah, right? We're going to have this happen. Right? So there's things you can't necessarily, uh, control, right. Vacancies and so forth. And that's why, you know, number one, from a defensive standpoint, right. As you put it, staying power, uh, it allows you to, you know, uh, to, to supplement right income or pay a mortgage for, for a few months until things, uh, turn, turn around, maybe talk about how you, how you position as you're doing strategy with clients, how do you position the wealth maximization account, the foundation to act as an opportunity fund so that when opportunities arise that are in that category of tier two, uh, that you can capitalize on those opportunities.
1: Yeah, and on, on those opportunities, you know, just, just like this other lady, that that tier two example, she's making a double digit rate of return. It's a great investment. But if she doesn't have that that tier one, she doesn't have the ability to to hang on to that investment in those times. So as I'm going through with clients, you know, we'll we'll look at what are the goals. And and you know, for me, I remember in the early two thousands, I hated money sitting in a checking and savings account, you know, earning you know, not even a full percent. And, uh, so I was constantly putting it into, into my companies, into the real estate and, and growing those out. Um, one thing once I really understood the wealth maximization account is now my money is earning, you know, a hundred or 200 times more than a bank account. I am, I I'm loving being a lot more liquid and having that money sitting there and grow. So when I do a, a an example with a client looking at building out, say it's a real estate portfolio, a lot of times we can buy half the real estate and end up with the same return. So we'll always look at what are their goals? Is it, is it reaching a cash flow projection to get out of their, their current grind? Is it, you know, what what is, what is their goals to do it? And then we'll look at what they need for that reserves to make sure they hang on to those properties, you know, how fast they can build those properties up. And also, um, uh, you know, maintain a little bit that they can, they can jump on the deals rather than, you know, constantly be, be looking and buy the first thing that comes along. So everybody's just a little bit different. It kind of depends on their, uh, uh, the, the amount they can put away, um, you know, what their risk tolerance is, their other forms of income. So I think that's, it's kind of what makes it fun is everybody's different. Every plan's just slightly different for that.
0: So one thing that I have always found valuable personally is as you take a loan from uh, the insurance company against cash value and acquire uh, something it could be you know something you buy as a part of your lifestyle or it 's something you buy uh, that is investment related let's say a rental rental property uh, investment fund et cetera there's there's kind of a built in discipline where the Absolutely. return right the return uh, which I would say there's a return of principle before a return on investment. But as the return comes in, there's this built-in uh, strategy, model, discipline, structure, okay, so that you know, you you treat it, uh, not necessarily the, the, every asset the same way, every acquisition, every investment the same way, but you, you treat it where it doesn't necessarily uh, you know, go to lifestyle expenses or allows you to to buy new doodads, but it allows you really to have a structure to continue to build wealth. And that's where, you know, that question came up because of your comment about goals, right? Is knowing what the goal is, is it a future income to be able to get out of your grind? Well, if it is, it's obviously, you know, setting up a system, setting up some rules within your system so that you can achieve that that goal, as opposed to what most people do when they get more money uh, from an income standpoint is they spend more money. Right.
1: And, and that's, you know, one, one of the hardest ones that for, for most people, these alternative investments, the, you know, tier two assets, it is to replace a, a, you know, nine to five job or whatever they have. Right. But taking a lump sum of money or a, a chunk of investments and living off of that income, like you're saying, without having the reserves, now you've jeopardized not only their lifestyle, their investments, and so, even when they get to that point, that's one of the big things. Is it's not about just stuffing your money into all these cash flow properties and investments and living off of it. You have to make sure that you've got that buffer, the reserve fund, and and somewhere because without fail, you know, people buy and sell the properties and add to, and you find great deals, and you've got to have that fund to continue to add to them and fix them up, whatever it may be. So,
0: well, one of the things we you know we talk about that you just hit on in a sense, what we talk about is the idea of personal development as being part of tier two, because you have investments that produce cash flow, uh, that have collateral where you have a great deal of control over it, but you also have, you know, yourself as, as an asset. And oftentimes people don't consider that an asset, especially if they work for, for somebody else. But if you look at you, I mean, I would say in my experience, the, the most amount of money is going to come from you, not necessarily an investment, but it's you as your most valuable asset where that money is going to come from. And as you improve, whether it's your experience, your, your certification, your training, and you pursue something that is uh, meaningful that you like to do, right? I think we are, we're, even though we're drawn to retirement of not having to do what we're currently doing, at the same time, most people that get there don't live a fulfilling life because I think part of that fulfillment comes from continuing to create value. So you you're the one that introduced me to a lot of different personal development, uh, you know, uh, leaders and groups. Maybe talk about that and how important that's been to you and your development over the years.
1: Yeah, I I, I know I should know this, but I, I remember it was either it was either Robert Kiyosaki or Tony Robbins. And One of them said, you know, your your business. Mm-hmm your investments will only grow as much as you do. And, uh, boy, that, that is, I have found that to be so true. And part of that is just perception and what you, what you see, you, know, what, what I see as possible is what I'm going to make happen. If I don't see it as even a possibility, I'm not even going to, it's not even my radar. I'm not even going to try it. Right. And I think there's so much of that, uh, personal development is being in that space of constantly growing, constantly learning. And uh, a lot of times that puts you in, in, in groups of like-minded people, right. That are somewhere on the same journey, whether, you know, a a little, and and just as a phrase, you know, a little behind you, a little ahead of you, wherever they're at on. And so it, uh, for me, it's not only changed my perception around people that have accomplished things I want to, that are in a place I want to be, you know, because I've been at different places where I've made tons of money, but not in the best um, relationship with my wife or my kids, or I've been in place where I feel like I've got a great relationship with my wife and kids and, and not where I want to be financially. And so there's all these areas of, of, of growth that I think are just so important.
0: Well, also you look at, you know, especially in your, your position, but I would say most, most positions as well, you interact with human beings right? Mm -hmm. You talk to them, you try to understand them and they have a different perception of the world than you do. We all, we all do. And being able to connect, being able to have conversation and be aware of things oftentimes requires, uh, introspection. Uh, it also requires, you know, I would say, uh, education around understanding, you know, others, where they're coming from, what their goals are, how to ask good questions, how to communicate, how to articulate. And that, that right there, I believe is part of most every, uh, most every profession. So, you know, becoming more self-aware, you know, getting that type of training allows you to ask different questions, allows you to connect at a deeper level with people. Right. And that right there ultimately leads to providing more, more valuable uh, value and subsequently more wealth. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's one of those things that
1: to me, you know, one, one of the main things I hear with almost every client is why have we not heard of this before? You know, why, why is this not out there, you know, being shared more? And it, it's kind of interesting because that, that is, I mean, without fail, I can say nine times out of 10, every client I meet with says that, but yet the, the funny thing is that it's, it's just like real estate, just like business. Well, why doesn't everybody start their own business? Why doesn't everybody know about the powers of real estate? Why, you know, and we we tend to think that we already know everything and getting in a space of personal development and constantly improving ourselves. I know for me has opened my eyes up that the more I learn, the, the more I realize I have no idea. And I, I think that's one thing that I really intrigued me about the industry we're in is, is, we come in and we, you know, we carve a little niche out and we're, we're helping a lot of people with their retirement, with their investments, but there are so many areas we can go into and so many uh, places in the, in the financial world that people need, need a lot of assistance. And uh, it's, it's uh, that that's probably one of the things I love the most is being able to help people in that area.
0: But, well, it's, I got a question the other day from, from someone who's a neighbor of mine. And he said, what, what distinguishes you from, you know, the Edward Jones guy down the street or the fidelity guy down the street? Uh, And I said, "Uh, wealth for us is, is internal. And we uh, we teach people how to value themselves more and uh, take control of their wealth as opposed to uh, turning over their wealth to somebody else to take uh, to to take control of it and to, yeah. uh, and, to, and to grow and perpetuate it. and I think that's the biggest distinguishing factor, as you just said, you know, uh, an amazing business opportunity could be right there in front of you, but because you're not aware of it, you're never going to capitalize on it. Uh, and that's where we look at the hierarchy of wealth being more subjective, because there are things that you know, understand, have experienced uh, that give you a degree of education that you can now take to whether it's your career, whether it's to your business, or whether it's to an investment. And the degree of your education uh, equates to the degree of control that you have. And the more control you have, the less risk you have. And so for what might be a, a, a tier four really risky asset for somebody, it might be a tier two asset for somebody else that has training, uh, has uh, knowledge, understanding, experience. Uh, but in the end, you know what we, I would say, subscribe to in a nutshell is uh, to empower the the human being, right, to yeah. uh, improve their internal wealth, which is their ability to create value for others. And everything else is, uh, is essentially supplementing, uh, supplementing that or enabling that, uh, whether it's the cash flow uh, on investments in tier two, that allow you to maybe resign from a position that you don't like, not necessarily because you're not not because you're not good at your position, but because maybe you don't like your boss or maybe you don't like the culture of the company. This allows you to go and pursue maybe the same type of career, but as a consultant or as a freelancer right. or with another company. Uh, and it also allows someone that may, you know, be approaching retirement age and that was their goal all along. Uh, but yet they realize, wow, I'm gonna have to save way more than I thought I was going to have to save to be able to afford the lifestyle that I want in retirement. And this offers them the opportunity to value themselves, understand that they have been paid because they've created some sense of value. They can keep doing that and they can keep doing that forever and they can start to write their own terms as far as how they do that. But a lot of it comes down to, again, personal development, being aware of those opportunities as opposed to wealth being created outside of you. And I think that is, you know, the, the conversation I had with this guy was really was really interesting. But uh, but in the end, I would say, you know, tier two is really what opens up people to, uh, you know, the importance of reserves, the importance of having a foundation of certainty, and then to start to create cash flow, okay, and value investments, not based on necessarily the return, but based on the amount of control that you have. But then also it's, as you mentioned, right from the very beginning, it's to understand what your goal is, what is it that you're achieving? What do you want as an end result? And maybe we end with this because this is a question that even though it seems very simple, most people can't answer that. Most people are not and cannot answer. What do you really want? Okay. Retirement. Well, okay. But what do you really want from that and digging into that and really connecting to what somebody wants to accomplish, achieve, and how they're doing it, which is a very you know myopic uh, perspective and strategy. But we're you know I would say what gives us a, a niche is we're able to broaden right the opportunities and the possibilities of achieving it in different ways, better ways, and and faster ways. But speak speak to that as far as how you've been able to connect with clients, understand their goals, understand their dreams, understand what they're trying to accomplish, and then you know, using the strategies that we've become experts in to help them accomplish it.
1: Well, I, I again, everybody's at a different place. And I like, you know, what, what you said there, that one, one person's tier four, maybe another person's tier two. And I, I, I tell you, um, this completely changed my perspective with Robert Kiyosaki in the book of why we want you to be rich. He described in, in his, his way, what an investment was. And he says it has the attributes of an automobile. And I know now that sounds funny because everybody says, okay, automobile is a, a liability, not an investment, but it has the attributes of an automobile. He says, I've got to have a steering wheel. So if I have control, I've got to have a brake pedal where if things aren't going good, I can slow it down. I've got to have a gas pedal. If things are going great, I speed it up. I've got to have a door to where if things are just real bad, I can exit and I've got to be able to ensure some of that. Okay, now to me, That is when you look at that for a lot of people as they're looking at an investment, depending on their perspective, depending on their how, if they have the money for an opportunity fund, those are the different things that can take the same thing and be a pure investment for somebody and for someone else be a pure gamble. So that's one of the things is I have clients go through and go, oh, I'm looking at buying a piece of real estate. I'm looking at this. Well, what education do you have? What reserves do you have? What's your background? Do you have the time for that? One of the biggest things I see with wealthy clients is they're making all this money, and so they get presented all these great opportunities, but usually they have no time to really uh, spend on it. They have no time to research it, and so they dump hundreds of thousands of dollars into investments that they would have been far better off staying in their field of expertise or just putting their money in their wealth maximization account and leaving it. And so that's really, you know, not only going over a client with where their goals are, but really where is their expertise? What is a tr- true pure investment and what do they think they're investing in that is a 100% gamble? And I, I think that's, that's really important as, as we progress through where they're at, what they want, but where their, where their personal development is and outside development is. So,
0: John, do you have any, any final thoughts or, or words before we sign off?
1: No, it, uh, you know, this look at, looking at the tier two, it's a really fun area to play in. Uh, I think it's probably j- just like we know a lot of clients start out in tier four or three with, you know, their 401ks, IRAs, things they just cannot control, right? Tier two is a super fun place to play in. I would say um, a lot of people try to rush it, but uh, super fun when you have the right uh, capital and reserve set up. It's a fun area to play.
0: Well, John, thanks again for your time. It was awesome having, having this discussion and we'll talk to you. we will talk to you next time.
1: All right. Fun as always, Patrick, take care.
0: You too. Hey, I love talking to John. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. You know, you you could tell that personal development is near and dear to us. It's impacted us in, in more ways than we could ever share, but I'm glad you were able to feel that today. If you're ready to dive into the next tier, that's available. So all of our summer episodes are available on demand. You can access them on ParadigmLife.net or in your podcast player. And also don't forget to visit the podcast page at ParadigmLife.net and take a look at relevant content from today's episode, which includes a blog post about the human capital statement. Okay, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy Podcast. Be sure to visit the show's official page at ParadigmLife.net for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Guest opinions are their own. If you require specific investing, financial, legal, tax, or any other specialized advice, please consult an appropriate professional or a wealth strategist at Paradigm Life. We welcome and appreciate reviews of the show. Head on over to iTunes or Stitcher to leave your review today. And don't forget to subscribe to the show to get access to every new episode and its exclusive content. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.